You're listening to Smart to Death Radio. Hey everybody, it's the interview queen Alicia Toot here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. This week's episode of Queen's Court with your girl, the Queen of Any, right here on Smart to Death Radio. And I am super hyped, super pumped, because my guest is making his first ever debut appearance in the castle. Long time coming. I'm super honored that he agreed to come on the show. Of course, editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com and Bob Culture Podcast fan member himself, Mr. Bill Bodkin. You're here I'm so excited. I just love talking wrestling with you, and I'm I'm honored that you're coming to hang with me today. Oh man, it's if there's one thing I I love to do, I love to talk wrestling. And to anyone out there who thinks, man, that guy's already hammered, no, I'm just super tired. <laughs> Last night I was on Bad Street USA, which ended up putting me on Dream Street. Today I'm just tired, so <laughs> I'm just drinking a, a regular seltzer, not my you know gimmicked fake white claws i make with like a big thing of seltzer and tito's but you know i'm ready to rock and roll man yeah me too i'm also ready to rock and roll because we are talking about gcw homecoming folks because listen it was two nights honey there was a lot of wrestling going on this weekend it kind of doesn't feel back to normal i won't say that but it definitely felt like oh wrestling is is here (laughs) okay gcw and Synergy and uh, Beyond and Paradigm Pro Wrestling. I mean, there was so much going on this weekend. A Paradigm show was brutal. (gasps) Heavy Hitters 2 tournament. Woo! Listen, if you haven't checked that out, check that out on Indie Wrestling TV. Independent Wrestling TV. See Matthew Justice get his face broken. You sure do. Oh, I love Matthew Justice. But sorry about his face. (laughs) That sucks. Um, But yeah, so GCW Homecoming. Now listen, Bill, you have a huge history with gcw you have a lot going on in there that and we also share a mutual love for gcw which i still can't get over the fact that i was there in asbury park and you weren't there like i feel like that's that's like not okay i i was trying to rack my brain why i wasn't there yeah i think it was like a january was that the january show yeah uh yes yeah so for some there was a good reason it might have been the birthday weekend of my father-in-law and my Mm. mom Mm. Which is probably the reason. I think it was like mid-January. So I think that's the real reason I couldn't make it. But yeah, it's like GCW in my, much like Joey Janela, my air quotes, hometown. <laughs> I know where he's really from. Right. It's not, not there. Not there. <laughs> he lives closer to me than Asbury Park. But um, yeah, and that's the venue. Uh, my friend is the booker there. My friend, little Mike Lawrence, shout out House Independence. Yeah, we've... Um, I remember when he was booking the CZW shows there and thinking that Joey was going to be on those shows, but that had a, that had, they actually had some really cool names like before they were stars type deals, but not a lot of people, but the GCW shows, man, they pack them in great venue, great vibe. And it's just super wild right. that like GCW, I don't know if there's a lot of people know the history of GCW, but it used to be Jersey championship wrestling, JCW, not to be confused with juggalo championship wrestling. Um, <laughs> But they used to have the Jersey J Cup, which was like this massive tournament. Like um, I'd say, like a notch below King of the Indies from APW and ECWA Super Eight. But that's the first time I ever heard of CM Punk. And the reason I heard about him is because he took a move and fractured his skull. Oh my god! Against Reckless Youth, um, and it was like, it's like this guy fractured his skull, but somehow, you know, he went on to have an illustrious career. But yeah. GCW, uh, sorry, JCW, like, kind of took some time off. Then it got affiliated with, and I'm just going to, I don't know if you know all this stuff, but I'm going to blow some minds right now. Oh, boy. So so they started uh, being at, like, shows for the Bamboozle Festival and Skate Mm -hmm. And the guy who ran that was this guy, John D., former tour manager of the Beastie Boys, the guy who discovered, and this on a GCW podcast will make people laugh, he discovered, managed, and then sold the rights to the Jonas Brothers. Oh my God! That was that's Can't a big make it thing. Out, man. R- Ran bamboozle had like you know Jay Z, Lincoln Park, My Chemical Romance, Bon Jovi, Foo Fighters, all that jazz. 
that all goes away. He starts this app called Game Changer, which is a cool concept. You're like you're at a show, you're playing this side scroller game on your phone, rack up points, you can get experiences like meet and greets or get a free merch. So that tanks, and he opens buys a venue and calls it Game Changer World, and JCW, which he was using at his big shows. And that's kind of where Joey sort of went viral at first, walking along the uh, porta potties. And then Jake <laughs> Roberts walks out and says, What the fuck's going on? Um, they then changed their name when Brett and Danny DeMato bought it to Game Changer Wrestling. So that's a little bit of the influence why wow. it became Game Changer because of the venue. That's the venue, people don't know it, that Zandig took Joey off the roof of. Oh. Yeah. So that was in Howell, New Jersey. And that was like. Okay literally GCW was what was keeping the lights out of that place because like, it was like a teen, like it was like an arcade and like, it was like a Dave and Buster's with deathmatch wrestling in the back, which fabulous. Kind of cool actually. So yeah, I just wanted to drop some Jersey (laughs) knowledge uh, for GCW, but when they lost at home, Asbury park house independence became their, their home. It's been like the coolest that I've seen. My first show with them was when Joey destroyed his knee. And mm. uh, there's actually a um, oh shit, USA Today documentary about Joey. And my big dumb face is like right on camera, <laughs> mouth agape when he's cutting that promo in tears talking about like how just upset he is that he destroyed his knee. Because he's like, there's so much coming and I've ruined my career, but I'm going to come yeah. back. Little did we know he was talking about AEW. Right. And like and all the stuff he had planned for like spring break and stuff, but yeah. So GCW, it's so crazy. They went from like little deathmatch machine, excuse me, to like basically the tastemaker promotion. They became the pitchfork of like gatekeeping of like if you're if you could go to GCW, you you've got a good thing coming to you. Oh my gosh! Well, as our good pal Rob would say, Bill, this is why you're here. <laughs> I'm Rob's like research. Drop it truth knowledge. I like his What's research. That? He, I like his research team. He was like, he did an interview with Thunder Rosa. He's like, so tell me all about Thunder Rosa. I'm like, it's called Wikipedia, man. And he's just like, I know, but you know stuff. And I'm like, all right, she's in Lucha Underground, blah blah blah. And he's just like, thanks, man. I'm just like, God, look it up. Look <laughs> but it it's up. easier to ask me. It's like, it's like, it's that dad thing I have. And people are just like. Go to Bill. He'll answer you like a like an old Bill man. Bill will tell us what we need to know. <laughs> well, shout out to Rob. Sit on the tree and I'll tell you. <laughs> That's right. Well, what I'd like you to tell me now is how you feel about GCW Homecoming as a whole. Before we start to kind of pick apart, I, and we're not going to break down everything, y'all. Just so you know, this is going to take us years because it's two full nights of, of shows. But um, overall, your thoughts on the homecoming weekend beautiful event uh venue beautiful spot water in the background right that's like my lasting impression is the ocean in the background so tell me what do you think of the show as a whole i had a friend who went to that show uh that's my boy kenny pete and his band the mystery men the only lucha rock funk band in the world endorsed by mvp when he had a podcast Uh, i'll save out some illegal activity he Helped MVP out with one time. Um, that. But, yeah, I'll tell you offline. Um, but he told me, like, the first thing I noticed about this show was the safety of it. It was, And he said, he was like, everyone, you had to have the masks on. They would go around with the sanitizer. People were distanced outside of the Nick Gage entrance, which, I mean, we oh, all yeah. kind of knew that was coming. But everyone had masks on, so that was cool. But he's yeah. like, it was very safe. It was very organized and very orderly. And that's, that's what you're hearing, like, we're hearing about, in some wrestling shows, it's not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of life, it's not that way. So for them to be able to run this event, high quality, beautiful venue. Yeah. Uh, I also think that one they did in, in Indianapolis was gorgeous. That Me one too. In Love Earth, that. I didn't see that show, but like it looked amazing. Yeah, it was really and nice. So I, overall, like... I spent $40 on another pay-per-view a few weeks ago mm. that some good brothers showed up to. And I could tell you, I got a lot more value, in my opinion, uh, from Homecoming Weekend. for the, for the not, I mean, I would have paid 40 bucks for that because I thought the matches were super good. It was a lot of fun, but there was also a lot of drama in it. GCW is not a big storyline 
company, and yet they told two really compelling stories over two days, which I thought was super cool. It was super cool. And and to your point about the sanitization, the sanitizing uh, aspect that they they have been representing since they came back. You know, it's it's so funny because everyone's like, oh, my God, GCW... You know, I don't know how you watch that. It's all death matches. It's not. They do have them, but it's not all death matches, right? But it's so evolved. funny because they're yeah. like, yeah, they're like, these are the death match people, and they are the most sanitary folks out there right now. I'm like, well, yeah, they're they're coming back and they're putting their best foot forward, and it's such a positive thing to see the way that they clean the ropes and take care of people and and require those who are there at smaller capacity to comply, and they don't take bullshit at GCW. They just don't. So it's such a nice, refreshing thing to see on screen when you know that you're about to see these wonderful wrestlers come back, you know, some of which hadn't worked in months. And, you know, they're just starting to kind of get back into it. So and some of these some of these guys and ladies worked several shows this weekend, too, on top of that. Yeah. And that heat was brutal. That was brutal heat on my buddy. You could see him on the Beyond show. He's he's the guy with the umbrella behind him. Because yeah. like it was just you know the sun's beating down and you could tell like it, it they some of the wrestlers were definitely uh, gassed from that and I don't I don't blame them I was gassed waiting for a tow truck today so I can tell you that man like <laughs> but it's like it's so funny it's like GCW has just like I was saying about the history of it it's like evolved yeah. so much just from literally just like even from the Asbury shows like watching dudes chuck cement bricks at each other's head which. I actually turned my back on at one point because I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And like the fuckery boards, you know. Right. Uh, sorry if I broke the E rating on this podcast already. You're fine. Uh, uh, but to, you know, having Lee Moriarty on a show who's oh. like, and having like really fantastic lucha matches, really fantastic technical matches, and then taking a dude like Zachary Wentz and being like, go have a death match and just knocks it out of the park. Killed it. Like, he, and I don't know if he's ever going to do one again, but no, he said that was it, one t- one and done, bucket list. I mean, I don't he, know. He may have gotten a taste. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, he was. I, I gotta say, man, he was. That match is easily one of my top five matches of the weekend. Him and Alex yeah. Colon. I think he. I think he did excellently. So, uh, as we mentioned, and if you haven't seen the show, I recommend it. It's worth the twenty dollars to buy it. The package. Yeah. Uh, don't buy it separately. You pay extra money. Buy it as a as a unit. Um, you get for 19.99. So the the thing with night 1 uh that we had here of course this beautiful background we had some really cool matchups being set up we had uh your typical scramble match if you don't know GCW always has some sort of like multi-person match they call it a scramble fuck or a scramble match depending on the night and uh so they had that and we had it with Calvin Tankman, Alley Cat uh, different boy, Jimmy Lloyd, Benjamin Carter, Matthew Justice, and Lee Moriarty, and that opened the show. Um, followed by the that was okay. returning. That was okay. Yeah. Followed by I the think returning Benjamin Carter is an interesting dude. Yeah, we definitely have to talk about some of these people. Um, so I'll finish running it down real quick. Yeah, ACH uh, versus Trey Lamar, Chris Dickinson versus Mance Warner, Blake Christian versus Alex Zane. Holy shit. Uh, Alex Colon, AJ Gray in a death match. Effie okay. versus Nate Webb. Schlack versus uh, Nick Gage. Um, Joey Janela versus the legend, legend from Japan, Yoshihiko. Um, and then we had a surprise little thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little something, some. Mr. Leo Rush was there. Uh, I thought that was. Mar- I thought that was, that was be wild. Marco. I thought it was too, and it definitely was not. Um, and GCW World Championship match, of course, RS Pussy, Ricky Shane Page versus Homicide. And that was your night one. So let's talk about a couple things. You mentioned Benjamin Carter. Let's go back and talk about it because I think this guy, well, first of all, they had technical issues at the top of the show. So this match was really short. I think shorter than it would have been normally. And, right? they cut a, and they cut a match from the show. Right. Pinky Sanchez and Levi Everett, who I was pissed because I think Levi Everett next year is going to be like that Amish roadkill. Well, it's kind of similar gimmick, but like, right. he's going to be that cult, like Dan, the dad, Dan yeah. Housen, alley yes. cat type of character. That's going to get really over. Cause he's super good. I saw him in a black label pro show. And I was like, I'm like, this guy has got, he's got something. So hopefully next year he can kind of show out a little bit more, but I feel like Benjamin Carter stole the show here. I mean, the move sets that he was popping out and these flips and, 
freaking twists. I'm like, who is this kid? Like, I've seen him before at a couple of GCW things and some scrambles and some other indie shows. But, boy, like, I'm really interested in Benjamin Carter. I want to see him more. I want to see him wrestle other people in GCW. He's got a lot of potential, I feel like. Is he British? He well, I I think so because when he was he responded to one of my tweets and he said mate in it, so like I'm gonna guess it's either British or Australian. <laughs> I remember the when they did the acid cup and yes. uh, Joey was on commentary and he was saying that like he he was like there's big like they're very high on him like Joey's like putting him over huge. I think there's a couple people and we'll mention a couple of them later it, that suck that their career is kind of like maybe stalled a little bit in terms of popularity because mm-hmm. there was no spring break because excuse me i think benjamin carter was going to have a huge wrestlemania weekend probably much like a lot of people on the show um like i'll mention the, that uh, blake christian i think was going to be the big breakout and uh they didn't have it so i think he's going to be that guy they're going to groom and groom and groom and then he's just going to break out yeah and i think that's rightfully so and i love lee moriarty man that's another guy you got to keep your eye on and a Calvin oh. Tankman. I mean, he showed out at that show in Illinois that they did in GCW, and people were like, who is this guy? And, of course, he's with MLW. And he was in that heavy hitters tournament, too, with Paradigm Pro Wrestling the night before this show. Uh, I mean, the, the what's cool about GCW is you always find someone that you may not be super familiar with. Yeah. I always find that. And secondly, they make those moments like you're talking about. People can break out here. And all of a sudden, eyes are everywhere because everybody's watching GCW, and it's like a gift machine. And if you can get yourself over on social I mean, media, there it is. Alex Zane. I mean, like, here's yes. a guy grinded on the indies. I had never heard of this guy. And I watch a lot of independent wrestling. And it's like, yep. he did something in the backyard show a year ago. And now mm-hmm. it's like, Shima's like, let's go to Japan. He's with New Japan and Ring of Honor's doing all this stuff. And it's like, and like, I mean, you know, it's like, we could go on and on. The guys like Marco, you know, Jungle Boy for sure. sure. Like. You know, they all just broke out. And it was cra- it's crazy. Like I said, they are that tastemaker promotion because, like, mm-hmm. they'll find cats who are, like, like Blake Christian. What was he, like, he was a Tennessee guy. He was a Nashville guy. He was, like, a Southern Underground Pro guy. Like, they'll find guys and they'll break them out and they'll be huge. And yeah. But they also know the right people to put them with. Yeah. They do really well with that, which I don't, I don't know how they do it, but they just... Something about the way and who they book them with, it's, like, spot on. And, and I just became so much more of a fan of, of the guys that I already liked, but I just like them even more every time I see them fight in, in GCW. And that's kind of how I felt about ACH and Trey Lamar. I really like Trey Lamar. This is only my, I'd say, maybe third or fourth time seeing Sorry. him wrestle. He's, like, I was a little surprised by him. I liked him in, in matches, I think, with other kind of high flyers. He really can show out, and I- I'm interested. I want to learn more about him. ACH is interesting for me. Yeah. This was very interesting. This was a big debut, right? Big name, obviously, for so so many reasons. But um, seeing him wrestle in GCW was weird. I'll say that. Yeah, it was weird for me. Seeing him wrestle in general was weird. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. Uh, and uh, this might be a slight hot take, but I didn't love ACH in this match. And they said it on either. commentary, and I agree that I think there was ring rust. Night two, big difference. Big difference. But, uh, but I think it was um, Trey Lamar is great, man. My buddy Kenny, who was at the show I mentioned before, you know, really turned me on to AIW, and he's he's a mainstay there. Had a great match with Lee Moriarty. Had um, yep. he's in a group called Forty Acres with AJ Gray and PB Smooth. Like he's the real deal. He's gonna be major contract real soon. Good. I hope so. I think that that's a guy, another guy. I'm going to say this all night. Sorry, but it's true. Uh, there's a lot of people to keep your attention on. He is definitely one of them. But I think one of my favorite things of the night was um, actually seeing Chris Dickinson and Mance Warner actually fight. Because apparently that had like not happened. They've never wrestled before? I, not in GCW. No, um, I love that's a dude. This Mance match was- fucked. <laughs> You know that, that these are two guys. This was like a fucking all Japan 1992 yes! just beat the piss out of each other match. Although I have to say that the, the Dickinson Tankman match definitely topped this. But I agree, dude. I love Mance. He came out. I remember I'm like, this guy is just like he he is not well represented in my opinion in MLW. Mm. And I've been to an MLW taping where I got yelled at 
Well, I um, <laughs> low-key fought um, King Mo, and I audibly said how much I didn't like the match because mm. uh, it was terrible. And I got a tap on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to get kicked out. Um, and I was told to change my AEW shirt because I was hard cam dead center for an MLW shirt that I could have fit six of myself in. Oh, my um, God. Watching Mance and MLW, you're like, they just make him a WWE light type. He's like, he's a character. He eye pokes. He does the knee. When he gets elsewhere, dude knows how to just bring it. And that's why I'm just like, I kind of want to, I know they, they have a lot behind him in MLW. And MLW does a good job. Don't get me wrong. But I just think with him, it's just like, too bad WCW's not around. But it's just like, yeah, yeah. anywhere else, I think like Mance shows out. And I think like, this was a good reminder to a lot of people who know Mance Warner. He's not what you see on TV. He's really, really, really good. And Chris Dickinson, man, here's a guy who's just been around for fucking ever. And now he's just like, he's turned himself into the, you know, that just that bulldozer. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's basically turned into like the Sekimoto, Masato Tanaka, you know, kind of, traveling badass who can go anywhere and be great yeah like really great i I really like chris dickinson a lot he's another guy it's just like why is he not somewhere big like he like wwe had him in evolve like he went to wrestlemania shows i'm sorry the access shows why did you not pick him up they're stupid that's why he's money all day he's huge He's got Listen. great charisma. People rally behind the guy. I mean, I don't know. I think that's a misstep. Big Trouble in Little China tank top, which I can get down with. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's dope. He is really dope. He had one of my favorite matches last year with Chris Statlander. Oh, so good. But anyway, I digress. I think another couple of things we have to touch on are, are obviously Alex Zane and Blake Christian. Their match together, I just thought not, not yeah. only is it was a gift everywhere, including myself, fifty thousand times. Th- those two are like, I, I know that they're they're similar because and and they're on like similar paths, right? Because their styles are similar and the way that they interact with the crowd is similar and, and their yeah, characters yeah. are different, but not that different, right? Holy shit. Blake Christian's move sets in the in the sequences in this match. I, I, if you are not on the Blake Christian train, you need to hop on board. This guy is must see. Must. I was I was off it because you know why? Because it was out of sight, out of mind. Right. I kind of forgot because I remember he won the Acid Cup. Right. I was like, wow, look at him because he and he showed a lot in that tournament where it wasn't just the flips and the moves yep. and the flips and the Other moves. Things. It was a lot of, it was doing a lot of stuff. And it, you know, his big breakout was going to be the Osprey match. Oh, he was, was going to be made on that and then it didn't happen. So I think a lot of people forgot about him. I know I definitely did. Um, to me, Zane and Christian is like kind of the evolution of that classic indie feud that can tour anywhere. Yep. It's Cabana punk from early two thousands. It's Steen sure. and Generico, you know, it's in some ways it's like Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, because that's what this match reminded me of that classic Halloween yeah. Havoc match, where it's just like you've seen them wrestle a shitload of times together, yet it wasn't just all choreography. Right. You know, sometimes you could watch Lucha Libre and you're just like, oh man, this is so rehearsed and so right. much air between moves. These two guys just went in mm-hmm. and. Like I don't think I've seen too many Alex Zane matches. Like like I saw them wrestle in Asbury and it was it was a lot of flips in the moves and flips in the moves. And a couple cool spots, but you're like, ah, I didn't really remember too much about it. I actually forgot about it just till right now. Right. But this match I'm gonna think about for a long time because they brought it they did stuff I've never seen in wrestling. Yep. That Crunch Rap Supreme. <gasps> I was like, Man, I, is he gonna do a shooting star or some sort of uh, 450 into a knee drop on his back. I'm like, no way. He's not doing that. And he did it. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, get that. Yes. These guys, again, these are guys that are just like destined for contracts because they, they're so good. I mean, Blake is a little slight. Yes. But to me, like Zane is built for Ring of Honor New Japan. Yes, he is. Blake, you can, to put, me, you can I, put him in best of Super Juniors. Easy. I, I've, I want to say, like, impact for Blake, because I'm just like, I could see him, you know, because he's still young-ish, 
Um, he looks 10. You know, he, <laughs> he he's a guy who could really work with, like, the Rascals and a lot of their X-Division talent. And that's someone who could use some character development, let's say. Because mm-hmm. he's all hard, which is great. But who are you? Like, yeah, I know Alexander loves tacos. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything other than that. He's the sauce. That's all you need to know. He is the sauce. He is, he is like, the sauce. He's so damn cool. He that, is. That move he did match. into the, into the uh, corner of the ring, and he did like that Spider-Man flip with his legs. What was that? I don't even know what that is. Those guys like, were catch, catching each other and doing chain moves and like tombstone pile driver. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Dustin Rhodes said he's gonna do yes. the. He's going to do the flip into a... That dragon uh, a flip, like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, he might. He's crazy. I mean, maybe he will. You never know. Maybe we'll see that tomorrow on AEW, or today, as you're listening, on AEW Dynamite. We'll see. Oh, shit. Um, today's Wednesday. What? Today, I don't even know what today is. Yeah. Well, today, we're, time of recording is Tuesday, but by the time everyone listens to us, it'll be Wednesday. So, we time is a construct. We don't know. It's fine. Um, so many other great things happened here. That death match with Cologne and Gray was great. Effie is fucking I, Effie. I, How do you so surprised? Sorry, going to say AJ Gray, man. Like, first off, everybody needs to get the fuck off of AJ Gray's back. He made a point. He believes in his point. I don't disagree with that point at all. So get the fuck off of him. He's just saying what he feels. Also, none of these people would say it to his face because he will straight up rip her head off. Oh, yeah. That dude is like the definition of thick you oh, yeah. know but like i thought like cologne man like really oh, man he he like like i said i'm not a huge deathmatch guy but those death matches remind me of the fmw stuff from the early days where there was some drama to it it was crazy but there was some drama right really and 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 it really i liked how that played into aj being in this that spanish fly by the way through Holy the glass oh, so Jesus. good but it played into the next night, which I like. I like that. And uh, yes, what we were talking to Effie. Yeah, Effie's Effie, wonderful. Effie's wonderful. His just, his Twitch channel is amazing. Oh my god, his Twitch channel Monday Not Raw is one of my favorite things ever. I pop in every single Monday and just hang out. He's a gem and a treasure. But uh, and so is Nate Webb. It's fun. I mean, there's not really much to talk about in that match, and really not too much to talk about. I have a hot like, take about Effie though. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Um, you know, and Schlack and Nick Gage and whatever. I want to talk about the ending stuff with you. Oh, so yeah. let's have our Effie hot take before we jump into that. The way Effie looked on this show. Yeah. I looked at him and I said, in the 1970s and 1980s, the way he looks, he would have been the number one draw in Memphis. In Memphis? He would have been huge. I don't know if he would have done the Effie gimmick. But the way he's built, the way he yeah. looks, and he could have played into it because remember, back then, especially in the set, we weren't leaning into um, an Effie character like this. Sure. But even the hints of that, I think he looks like a guy who sh- would have had a top run with Jerry Lawler in the territories. Man, he just had such a throwback look, and he just the way he's built, man. And yeah. again, another guy, I think he'd be a star, but I don't know if people are willing to take the chance on him. Uh, because they might be shame. like, oh, he's too edgy, you know? Go watch That's his actually... go watch his Egos Amigos interview, where he's maybe <laughs> a little baked, and um, it's a it goes down so many rabbit holes on like metaphysics and like alternate universes. It's amazing. Yeah. He he's so cool and endearing and, and a treasure to indie wrestling. And they said that on commentary, and they are not incorrect. Nope. But Speaking of down rabbit holes, let's talk about Joey Janela versus Japanese legend from DDT Pro, Yoshihiko. Okay. So, like, (laughs) funny story. Um, I've said this several times, but Mr. Q isn't really a wrestling fan. He just watched it because, you know, me. But he's starting to kind of get into it. Yeah, well, you know, hmm. what can I say? So... (laughs) I showed him, I didn't really say very much about what was happening, but I did show him the picture of this. And he goes, is that a, is that a sex doll? And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, it's a blow-up doll, yep. He's like, but, I'm like, don't worry, it's Joey Janela, it's going to be fine. It was absolutely. 
absolutely amazing and ridiculous and perfect. It was perfect. How do you get better than that? I, I, when they announced it, I'm like, if anyone could pull it off, it's Joey. Yes. But I was also like, this match can't be long. It can't be that crazy. Like, I don't know. But it was long and it was crazy and it worked. Like he pulled it off so well. And I like the addition of the second for Yoshihiko to do certain things. Um, yeah, this match was super fun. It, I, it, it was the goods. It deli- it, over- it underpromised and overdelivered. I like that. Yes, that's how I feel too. Because it could go either way. It is never really you know. And uh, I, and then you know, of course, Joey wins the, the Iron Man belt, and then we get a sneaky little reveal here. Not what I was expecting, though. Nope. Not what you were expecting. But it was Leo Rush and that frog splash. Father of God. <laughs> I thought it was Marco because I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Have them yeah. wrestle. Joey could be Marco the next day. It's fine. It's AEW. There's going to be no deal. No issues there. But when it, it's like the it's like we should have known. We like, should have. He's, he's got the album coming out. He's been tweeting. Joey's been tweeting at him to like, let's do another match. Yeah. Like, we should have figured that out. But the reveal was just so good, and it was great to see Leo Rush be Leo Rush, right? And not what WWE had made him. Right. And that frog splash, I think, was just this statement uh, that we all needed. Just that little tease of just that of a little moose bouche, as I would say on Top Chef. And just like here's that little sample of, hey, you're gonna want to tune in. Oh boy, and did we ever! Like I almost, I didn't, I didn't care about the the championship match. Uh, and, that was and it's probably fine. the worst match on the it show. It was the, probably the worst one. I don't really like RSP. Homicide's I, a legend. I, no disrespect, I, but I like RSP a lot, and I have a hot take on four four zero. Okay, well, we definitely have to talk about them because that's a whole, that's a whole nother. So, well, we'll get to that when we talk about night two because th- that's when their fuckery comes in. Um, I, I really think they they made it so good. With that ending, you're right. It was must-see. You had to tune in for night two. The championship match was what it was, and I didn't like it. But we need to talk about that faction because they did some shit. Not only in GCW, but they were doing some shit on some other promotions, too. And it kind of crossed through and went through this whole weekend. Yep. Um, 440, listen, they got, I got problems. But I want to hear your hot take before we talk about night two because these little shitheads. <laughs> or four zero, one of the best factions in pro wrestling right now. I know. They who are has, so. Who has more heat? Who has more heat? Across ever, and they just walk in like Eddie only didn't have anyone else with him for ICW No Holds Barred in the middle of a field in Millville, New Jersey. If you don't know anything about Millville, New Jersey, I believe that's. Possibly where World of the Worlds was supposed to have taken place. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. And yet everyone's chanting, fuck Ohio at Eddie Only. And he's getting massive heat. And he barely wrestles. And he also, that, that death match he had with Tim Donst was dope. Yeah. Um, it, but it's like these guys can walk into any building and get heat. Oh, big time heat. And their videos they've been doing too. The one they did in the backyard with like the, the it's almost like a, a high school party. Yes. Uh, was great. The the video they did making fun of Dan the Dad and Danhausen and Alley yep. Cat and Warhorse was great. Um, and Effie, I'm the gay wrestler. So <laughs> and it's, gay you just kept saying that. I was just like, it's just so funny. It it, so- they, they just get heat. I love Ricky Shane Page. I saw him at a progress show. Uh, at the ECW arena where we took a destroyer uh, off the top rope from Jimmy Havoc through tables and chairs and then bloodshot out of the side of his head like it was a super soaker. It oh was the craziest thing I've ever seen live and yet was able to walk in, out and sell merch. Um, I love the fact he is, I'm a, I'm not here to impress you, I'm here to piss you off heel. He doesn't do anything cool and that's because he doesn't want to do anything cool. He right. will sit there and say, Fuck you! I'm slapping on a rear chin lock for 20 minutes if I want to, and like, it's hard in nowadays. In these, in old times, it was easy to get heat, <laughs> you know. But like, seriously, he—they are getting yeah. that like old school, like MJF style. Like, people want to beat 
the shit out of these guys. It's and nuclear. It's nuclear. And Eric Ryan, first off, I don't know how he's living because I, I, I saw an interview talk about how damaged he is. But yeah. he is the um, he is the secret sauce of four four zero because I think he's super underrated as a wrestler and he's nuts. So yeah, great faction. It, 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 it definitely ser- it definitely serves its purpose for sure. I like Ricky Shane Page when he is not Ricky Shane Page. When he did the, the backyard stuff and he comes in as as whatever he was at at backyard. I like. Oh no, so no, he wasn't more. Christian Faith. Man. He was something. No, else. he was something else. And I liked it. It was like motocross version of Ricky Shane Page. It was have hilarious. Seen, have you seen his old wrestling persona? Uh uh-uh. uh so old wrestling with an E O L D E it's run uh, by Marion Fontaine and they shoot everything in black and white. Everything is like old timey. And oh, wow. I think he's wow. uh, judge Hugo T justice. He's like this big blustery Southern judge wearing oh, all God. white and the little glasses and the hair slicked over. Cause everything is like throwback to like the twenties sure. and thirties. And he's hilarious. It's, it's pure comedy for him. And, it, like he is a very versatile type of guy, but he's always been big jolly Ricky Shane Page, and I like the fact they made him a bad guy. And oh my the story God. has run so, and has one storyline, the only storyline is of this damn company, and people eat it up. Oh, they do. They eat it up big time. You know, you've been to shows, I've been to shows, and we can attest when they come out, people are out of their chairs in his face. Fuck you. You're a pussy. Not <laughs> nine times out of ten. It happens. And then the rest of us are just like looking around going, wow. Like people are really buying into this whole thing with the King Nick Gage. So it's a beautiful set of storytelling. That's one of the things that happens. And then, of course, we have um, coming up when we'll talk about it soon, Janella and Leo Rush. So best Ohio faction ever, by the way. What's that? Best Ohio faction ever, by the way. Best Ohio faction ever. (laughs) Love it. Um, So we had a lot of really fun things on night two. Um, The scramble match, or no, so sorry, that was incorrect. Moriarty and Deppin, an eight-man tag match. Um, ACH versus KTB, a death match with Cologne and Zachary Wentz, which we are absolutely talking about. Six-way scramble um, with Blake, Zane, Myron Reed, Jordan Oliver, Jimmy Lloyd, and Trey Lamar. Chris Dickinson versus Tankman. Joey Janela, Leo Rush in the final match. And then we were supposed to have an intergender, Nate Webb versus Ali Cat. And then 440 Fuckery leading into the match for Nick Gage's career. We'll talk about all of that. So let's start off. Um, Lee Moriarty again pulled one here in the best way over Tony Deppin. Now, Tony Deppin the night before in Synergy Pro Wrestling won their GCI, uh, GSI, Garden State Invitational, right? Yep. So, uh, like I said corner. earlier in the show, lots of people wrestling different places <laughs> all throughout the day. Um, but Lee Moriarty, man, made himself so many more fans, I feel like, in this moment, fighting Tony Deppin. What a match this was. It's so funny because um, in Beyond, he fought Wheeler Yuta, which I mm-hmm. think might have been my favorite match of all three. Oh wow! Uh, it's it's I love that match because I'm a big Wheeler fan, but that's not here nor there. Um, <laughs> but he used the same the role the finish he used yep. that in that match. I'm like oh. I've never seen that before. And then when he did it against against Stephen, I'm like oh shit he did it again and he's gonna win. And then like watching these two go at it and the way they they work body parts and just Stephen is such like he's such a heel, but everyone fucking loves Tony Deppin. Oh yeah. Because he's like, if you follow him on social media, he's like crazy wholesome. Like he really is. He's a gem can, of a human. Yeah, and it's just like, ah, you're a dick, but we all know you're kind of a you're kind of a good guy. You know, best the best heels are the nicest guys. And That's like, right. but this match was it was it was the gatekeeper match. They keep calling a gatekeeper. Yes. And um, Lee Moriarty, he's got to be a staple in GCW going forward. And those, I, if you've never seen the Alex Shelley matches he had. Brother, uh, it is there. He is, he is, um, that next Jonathan Gresham, Dean Malenko, Zack Sabre Jr. guy. I agree with you there. Um, and then we rolled right into that that tag match. Not too much to say, but I will say, second gear crew, if you're not down, get down because how how do you hate this this collection of humans? 
you're the weirdest. so fucking great. The weirdest, but they're they're the so best. endearing with each other. Uh, Matt Justice and Manser and Effie and the man, one man called Manders and AJ. Love Gray. him. Yes. Manders, like, Manders is so guy. dope. He's gonna be next year is gonna be a big year for him, man. Good. Um, and so. if if I'm Billy Corgan getting the NWA back, calling him. Making a phone call. But yeah. I say I was impressed. I've never really seen Logan stunt wrestle outside of yeah. breaking Effie's face. Yeah. I thought I was like, damn, I'm like, he's pretty good. Yeah. And Ben Carter like showed him. out again, too. I agree. Carter showed out again. Of course, Pinky Sanchez and Facade was there. I love Facade. He's so whack. <laughs> he's always going to do something crazy. The Neon he was, Ninja. He's cool. He was though. in uh, a movie called Wrestlers vs. Zombies. Well, then he's even cooler than he was two Which, seconds. if you've never seen that. I, I haven't. Okay, so it's like they basically have the, this, like, a promoter is hired, uh, or mad scientist, is trying to get revenge on, I shit you not, Shane Douglas, because he killed his brother in a match by giving him a pile driver. I, and so he unleashes zombies on the following. Shane Douglas, Roddy Piper, oh Axel Jim Duggan. Oh, God. I want to say Matt Hardy. No. Facade. Oh, there's a couple other guys. Hey, it's so weird. Wow. It's such a weird, bad, good movie. Bad, good movie. I love that. Well, I'll check that out for sure. And then the second match where we see ACH was definitely better than night one, as we had mentioned, versus KTB. KTB is another guy. If you don't know who that is, um, <laughs> man, he, he he's a beast for a reason. I officiated a wedding, and he was the second. His brother Dave was the second shooter on that show, and he's like, "Oh, you know my brother wrestle is a wrestler." I'm like, "Oh, who is it? KTB?" I'm like, "I fucking know KTB. Come on, dude." Yeah, that's a guy who doesn't get booked enough. No, he doesn't. He, he needs to get booked way more. He, and he looks incredible. Yeah, he, he's trimmed himself up. That's a dude who should be again getting more major shows because he makes every. I mean, he makes everyone look good. He does, and he looked. Really good in this match, and ACH brought it in this match. Yeah, this was a really good one. I wasn't too sure after night one. I was a little nervous, um, but this one definitely delivered. They were great. But the thing I really wanted to talk to you about were, was, of course, Zachary Wentz's one-time, maybe only, deathmatch extraordinaire with the legend himself. I mean, if you're going to have a death match with anybody, I mean, Alex Cologne is a great choice. <laughs> so... Here it I, is. You asked for it. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. It was it, it, so much Brutal. trauma in this match. Like, there was their story. Like, he he's not the deathmatch guy, but he wants to prove himself. And he was kicking mm -hmm. out of so much insane stuff. Yes. And I'm just like, damn. I'm like, and then we saw him do the MMA stuff, too. It's just like, if I'm Impact Wrestling right now, I'm looking at this guy. I know they're pushing Trey a lot, but I'm like, yeah. you know, Zach's, he, this is a guy we can get behind and develop and make something more than just a guy who smokes a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that match with the machine guns was great and all, but, like, they have something. There's something special about Zachary Wentz as a solo artist if and when he wants to do that. I don't see them breaking up anytime soon, nor do they no. want to. But, like, you know, if he, like if they ever were just like, hey, you know what, we need someone to go in the main event. Hey, man, Not, a Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Yeah, I agree. He, I, I, And I think you're right about the storytelling. It made this even more... Of a great match. You know, like, death matches are hard for some people to watch. But, listen, if, if you're going to watch one, I would watch this one. He really just pours his heart out in here. And, and God, some of the spots through the glass are, are fucking brutal. And I feel um, like they reminded people of, about a lot about Cologne. He's a guy I yes. think that sometimes gets forgotten in GCW because he just does a lot of the death matches. Yep, he just like, comes he, in for those. Right. And I think and, and when he showed up in the main event, I think people remembered of like, oh man, yeah, he is he is something else, and I'm I'm waiting for. I know they're gonna do RSP, Nick Gage, and something. Well, we'll see. We'll uh, see. But man, if, if they ever wanted to do some sort of war game, Survivor Series type style shit, you've positioned Cologne really well to be in that main event, and for it to mean something, not just for a guy who's gonna coast to coast juice, but he's gonna bring some drama and some heat. Oh, that just gave me chills. I would love a War Games. Um, that's that's my go-to pitch for every promotion. Well, listen. War Games. <laughs> why not? It sells. People are interested in that. It's fun. You showcase so many different people. Anyway, whatever. Um, this six-way scramble 
was way better than night one. Oh, yeah. No offense, but they had some issues and they were doing some things. But this scramble was unbelievable with Christian Zane, Reed, Oliver, who I who I love to hate, and Jimmy Lloyd and Trey Lamar. I mean, I, I just remember, and I tweeted it the second I thought it when I was seeing everybody go in the ring. I was like, how does it, like, this is like the future <laughs> inside of a ring. They're fucking unbelievable in this match. Yeah, they, they're incredible. I mean, the one guy I'm not, I'm still not super high on. A lot of people love him. Not a big Jordan Oliver guy myself. Right. I give him a lot of credit for putting on the mass because that's always been a knock against him. So yep. he's putting the work in for sure. I just, I've never gotten behind his gimmick. I think right. the one dude who I think everyone sleeps on is Myron Reed. I agree. He's so good. Big I time. saw him, him and MLW, the best match I saw is him and Laredo Kid. They, they had a great match. I think that might have been a tag, but like they did a lot of tussling in that match. It was so good. Myron is super underrated, underutilized, and underappreciated, I think. Uh, but yeah, you're right, man. Like, uh, Trey looked amazing here. Oh. Uh, and okay. so did Blake and Zane. Like, there was a, that's a, it was, this whole thing was a highlight reel. Yeah, it was. Not in a bad way. It was in the best way possible. Absolutely right. And what else can we say that hasn't been said? It's just, they're fabulous. Um, Dickinson Tankman was, was something else. That's like, how, how was that booked on your card? I was just like, this is a treat. This is a treat. I hadn't seen too much of Calvin outside of like some quick matches. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, this was just some heavy hitting. Like I said, all Japan 92. Shit. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. It was, it was just like, they were beating the piss out of each other. And they said on commentary, Tankman, that was the match that made Tankman. Like, yep. not that he wasn't really good. It's just like, he's now at the forefront of our brains. So it's just like, oh you want a super heavyweight who's going to act like a super heavyweight and you're going to fear this guy. You know, we're not scared of him, but like you see yeah, him, yeah, like, yeah. Oh shit. It's about to go down. Calvin Tankman gets an array. That was super cool. That was a big moment for him. And it just puts over Dickinson. as just being like the Taz basically of GCW. Yeah. And, and Tankman Always had a great pissed. weekend too. Yeah. It was great. He was hyped up, uh, man. But what I really want to talk about, or the last two, because this this is the this is the big stuff right here. So the G, I want to let's talk about the GCW implications first. Let's talk about that that match. You know, we're supposed to get Nate Webb and Alley Cat. Four four zero comes out. They're calling her a bitch and doing all sorts of things. They kick them all out. Gregory Iron and somebody else take Alley Cat to the back, and, and Nate Webb's gone. Yeah. yeah, and here we are with four four zero. We're supposed to have Nick Gage. They announced partway through the pay per view. That Nick Gage isn't going to be there. He hurt his foot. Not good. Can't walk. Can't compete. Just Schlack. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not. This is going to be crazy. So, you know, it's like Schlack's so like things are going to happen. And then you knew somebody was going to come out. So so all of this happens. We get Cologne. We get AJ Gray. I thought Nick Tremont up with was going I thought so, too. But it didn't happen. Rats. But we did get a lot of story here with 440 RSP RSP was bleeding like a mother and uh Schlack and AJ Gray who you know AJ Gray has been very vocal about he hasn't had his rematch yet he won that title got robbed because freaking Ricky Shane Page and 440 and then out comes limping Nick Gage who should not be walking to come in for the pin to talk to people couldn't even get out of the ring it was just this was wild it was a wild way to end the show this is ECW at oh, yeah. tight type of booking. I thought what was going to happen is that we're going to bring Nick Cage out. We're going to do this. And I thought AJ Gray was going to let him pin him and then pull him off, clothesline the shit out of him, clothesline the shit out of Schlack, and he was going to take the pin. He's like, I'm taking what's mine. Yeah, I thought he was too. I, I <laughs> That's a five-year-old, everybody. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So I, I actually would have liked that finish a lot better, Me too. but you know, Nick, Nick Gage is the, you know, he's, he's an, emo- he's an emotional darling. Yes. <laughs> if I, um, I keep, everyone keeps saying, bring him out for the TNT title, uh, match. And I said, you have to have a crowd for him. Have it to. has to be in Philly or Jersey. When that happens unglued, it will be great. 
But, um, you know, I, I was fine with the result. You know, Nick gets the he'll get the eventual match now that he's injured. We have a reason to delay it a bit. And I know I don't want him to be injured, obviously. Yeah. But I like the fact that AJ Gray is like, you owe me the first shot. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, good. Make that happen. Because that's money. And what I'm hoping, my long con here is that Nashville's rebuilt uh, that, that venue. And that's when that match goes down. Schlack, I always have problems with Schlack because of yeah. implications. So. Same. Uh, but it's, um, you know... Schlack and Nick Gage, you know, we didn't really talk about that from night one. It was good. It was, it it was, was fun. Right. Yeah, it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but, yeah, give us that. Because it's to be interesting, like, how we're going to pay off the RSP feud. Because, you know, honestly, I don't think there, I don't know if there's a plan for when it's not warm out anymore. Yeah. And how we're going to have shows. So yeah. I don't know when you're going to pay this off. Is it going to be empty arena? What's, what's it going to be? So... I think that injury almost helps them a little bit. It does. It gives, it gives them gives, time. Gives them time. So yeah, very interesting. But I like that you now have three. You now have like people competing for that title. It's not just okay, one off, one off, one off. Agreed. It's like, now we have. Now we got some rivalries here. Right. We now, got some meat to the story. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of meat, by the way, with those it, with all those two. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um. But th- that's the GCW side. We're going to end tonight's conversation about GCW Homecoming with the story of the final match between Joey Janela and Leo Rush. And we have to include the, the aftermatch chats oh, sure. because they're vital. So Joey Janela, Leo Rush, the final match is going to be done with wrestling. We all know that that's not a thing. Uh but it felt like like they were trying to sell that it was like that was it and that, and that's what he was coming to do until we get to the to the talking portion at the end. This match went absolutely off. Like I didn't think it wasn't going to. Like I thought it was going to be good. It went a step further than I thought it was going to be. Some of the stuff that they did together and the athleticism of Lear Rush, you forget because of how he was booked and utilized and underutilized or not seen ever in WWE and 205 and all that stuff, you forget yeah. like what he can do. This is old school Leo Rush to me. Like this was the the oh, the before sure. he became a WWE version. Like this yeah. was shades of, of who he used to be, but better, I feel like. He was on a different level in this match and like I don't know. I, I can't get over I'm not the biggest Leo Rush fan personally, but I was very endeared during this match between him and Joey Janela. You felt like he was wrestling for his life or yes. maybe, maybe not even wrestling for his life, but he wanted to, if this was his last match, right. Go out. With I, a bang. I want to cement my legacy because what came before. Yeah. He was great as you know, he got a lot of heat for Bobby Lashley, Yep. but you know, it was also like annoying. And then it was, to the point where you're just like, okay, if I don't see him anymore, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't, I mean, the Cruiserweight title run was just like, so whatevs. That it, it, it was, was just, it was just lost in the, let's try and one-up AEW war. You know, it's like, let's not think about what we can get out of Leo Rush. Because there was a lot you could mine from Leo Rush's mind, from his real life. That you could sure. really have done some interesting stuff here. And kind of what played into this. And... Yeah, it, this this was the match that I think if Leo never wrestles again, hell of a way to go out, man. I mean, and, what and, that, a way. and it brought a lot out of Joey, which we also haven't seen either. Because listen, Joey does good stuff in AEW, but he doesn't go that crazy in AEW unless no. it's against John Moxley. <laughs> but unless like, it's John Moxley, yeah. That's but true. It, but you know, he brought a different side to his game, and I hope AEW sees that and is like, oh, you know what? We need that guy. Um, this is crazy. I mean, the I, we got to talk about the spot. Oh, please do talk about it. Let's go. I mean, when he went to the outside, and I'm just <laughs> looking, and I don't know much about architecture, but I'm like, that's Spanish style on the roof. You can't stand on that. The, mm-hmm. I have seen enough movies and cartoons with with people slipping in the tile. Oh yeah. Somewhere. Oh yeah. There's no, he's no, there's no way he's gonna get on top of that. But when he gets on top of that pillar, I'm just like. Jesus jumping Christ. He's going to he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And when he as my friend uh Julian said, not Ethan Page. Um as my friend Julian said, "Oh, I wish I was friends with Ethan Page." I know, we just talked about being dads at Disney. <laughs> um 
It just like he took his face became part of the boardwalk. I'm surprised he can even get up because his forehead went bang. I thought he got a concussion for sure. Who knows if he did or not, but it's like, but yeah, they, they really, that move was just like, you know, Janela's been talking about it. Like, and I always don't feel like myself. That was old school, Joey Janela. It was. That was a rival. roof, Joey Janela. (laughs) That was a, that, that was a match they both needed and they both brought out the best in them. We've seen it with rivalries throughout the year when people just get in the ring together. It's magic. Even if it's been years and years and years. To me, this was, and it's, people are going to want to slap me when I say this. To me, this was like a Steena Generico mixed with Ric Flair and Terry Funk. Because it's just like people who are, like the closeness of those two, like Steena Generico, but just the pure one to beat the living shit out of each other, like Flair and Terry Funk did. Um, and if you've never seen Flair and Terry Funk in New York Knockout, go on the WWE Network. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. I quit match. Great. Um, but that's what that reminded me of because it was sure. such they had less than 24 hours to build a super emotional match. They used history. They used a great fro- frog splash to sell so much drama. And that's super, that's super impressive for an independent company to do. Yep. That doesn't have TV that this match really never, I don't think ever even happened at GCW. It happened in other promotions. I believe so. Yes. And, and you get this result is incredible. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like I didn't I didn't know what to say afterwards. I was so moved by their story. You're right. They had nothing to work with other than their past history. They don't have television. They don't have vignettes. They have a they had that guy uh, draw that beautiful art, but you know, this was to, this was sold by commentary. This was sold by Janella and Leo. This was sold in the ring to you on Fight TV or in person if you were there. But what really cemented that this was probably my favorite thing that I've seen all weekend was the ending. Yeah. Joey's passionate, passionate speech. You know, Joey is, you know, yeah, he's the bad, bad boy. And, and yes, he's crazy. And, and yes, he says stuff that's <laughs> wild sometimes. But he's really heartfelt. And he came out with that speech just. That's the jersey in him. Oh, my we're God. All, we're so, all like that. You're all, you're all like that, you we're cute little like jersey we're boys. All, it's we're it's, all it's big from softies. here. Yeah, it's from the heart inside, and it's it was beautifully said. And you know, um, the way that he sold the whole story just by telling the truth, right? Speaking his truth, speaking his mind. Yeah. To introduce Leo's speech after, God, I got teary, like for real. I was like, oh my God, I'm like getting emotional. I, I felt that from from both of them because you're right, they both needed it for very different reasons. And they really did bring out the best in each other. And they had such a mutual respect for one another that, yeah, they just went through this crazy thing and Joey jumped off of that, whatever that was, onto him on a table, hit his head on the boardwalk, and they went through a war. But afterwards, you could just see the genuine respect that they had for one another and everything that they both said. I, It was unbelievable. Like, I was like, oh, my God, we still have one more match to go. I don't even care. <laughs> this was amazing. That's why I say it's like Flair Funk, because after that, yeah. I quit, quit match. Funk gets jumped, and Flair goes to fight for him. Yeah. And, and, and while that's a storyline, I get that. Now it's yeah, more yeah. real life. But it's that same respect. Right. It's that same love for one another. You know what I mean? And, and like, I've interviewed Joey, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, I kind of did, like, a test question with him. Because I'm like, oh, you have such a great eye for talent with GCW. He's like, no, 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 no. That's all Brett Lauderdale. And, like, you could tell, like, he loves, and he even said, I want to get back to indie wrestling as soon as possible. I love, my, I love the fact I'm on a contract. This is before AEW debut, but sure. I want to get back. That's a guy who loves wrestling more yeah, than Yeah, he does. And um, so to, to hear him go out and say that, it was it was crazy because we don't we don't see that side of Joey that much. We see the drunk Joey Janela. The, sure. the, uh, the Outlandish. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, the crazy hair and all that stuff. He's done great promos and stuff, but you know, you know him for being funny and wild and the bad boy. But like for him to do that and to take shots, of course, he got to shoot at Jim Cornette a little bit. Oh, it was the best. I loved it. Uh, but you know, he this dude who cares. I mean, as Jersey boys, we we have we have big hearts, so it's just like, and that's not just from heart disease. It, you know, I'm kidding. It's just um, <laughs> I was gonna self-deprecate, not be serious about emotions. I know. Man. Who does that? Um, no, but man. it's like, but it's like. 
the Leo stuff too. Like yeah. to me, I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, you're not retiring because no. there are there are sometimes with retirement where you you have that, especially with wrestling. You see, it's like they have that one match, then it's like I can still go. Oh yeah, and Leo Rushy, what's he only twenty five? It's not. Yeah, it's he's not. N- He's not 30 yet, I don't think. So it's like, you know, if he's going to take time away, but like when he, his place won't be forgotten. People will remember this match for a long time. And when he wants to come back, everyone's going to welcome him back. We're going to forget about he didn't want to get water for people or what, you know, whatever he did elsewhere. We'll look at that and say, that's Leo Rush. That's the fucking guy. And that's who we want to be have books. And I think you could tell the genuine emotion of Leo. And when Joey said, you're not quitting while I'm still in this business, I meant that. So I think he meant that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him sooner than we might all think. I think it's going to be another surprise because I I think think they're going to lull us back in. Yep. And it'll be kind of crazy. And it'll be awesome. It'll be, it'll be so awesome. And what a what a way to close out Sunday night of a weekend of wrestling in GCW. That's what you get. People don't believe me when I tell you, but I'm telling you, GCW is a family vibe. When you go see a show there, you know, when you're around those fans, everybody's helping everybody. Everybody's there. Everybody wants to hang out. Everybody wants to be involved. They're super connected with the wrestlers. It's an intimate setting and scene. You feel like you're a part of something bigger just by being in the audience. And that's something that translates through TV like nothing else does. It's crazy because I've been to indie shows up and down, left and right. You know, I've been a wrestling fan for 31 years probably. So it's like, I can show my age. No one (laughs) sees that. I'm super gray. So it's like, it's... Like there's, it's ECW, like because sure. everyone had that vibe, but it's almost cooler because at some points in ECW, there were fans who were just like a little elitist, and some of that bled into Ring of Honor where it got very elitist, and why I stopped watching for a long time. <laughs> um, when you're chanting, um, "We are awesome," and having opposing chants while Kenta and Loki are putting on a classic, I don't want anything to do with you. Even though that was two minutes from my house. I'm like, I'm never seeing this show again. Um, But GCW, like, I have a lot of friends I go with to see it. And it's just, like, a great vibe. Like, I saw it, like, I was going to those CZW shows. And it's just, like, wrestlers burying other wrestlers. And people just, like, pissed off. And there's no one there. And it's just, like, a weird vibe. And there's all, like, frat bros all wasted on PBR. Legit, just chanting for blood. Like, when you go to GCW, people were there to help each other out, and everyone yeah. just want, everyone wants to escape when you're at GCW yeah. show because you and you also know GCW doesn't slack off. Like no. I've seen GCW shows with Masato Tanaka and PCO and Puma King, and like they're bringing all these cats in and uh, Sakamoto, and you're just like, yes, oh yeah, these are this is great because you're putting on a super show for me, and I paid like twenty bucks to get in, oh, like, yeah. or whatever I paid, and like. People appreciate that, and we're going to show love to that. And I still love the fact that I started a Fuck the Circus chant on yeah, one of the Fight TV with Jake Atlas. You sure um, did, buddy. I, sure, I, <laughs> I so heard it live. <laughs> it was a fucked up deal for him. Jake yeah. Atlas should never have come. No, I know. Poor Jake Atlas. But he's fine now. Yeah. Uh, we hope. But so, G- yeah, but GCW's, yeah. It, they've evolved so much. It went from the Blood and Guts promotion to the buffet. You know, Cody Rhodes always talks about the buffet. You want to have everything. And they really do. They now have great deathmatch wrestlers, great technical wrestlers, great high flyers, old school throwbacks. Just got to get a couple more women in there. And, yeah, and you they got to keep fully... up that section. But phew, let me tell you, it, it it's all the web, feels. I'm... Oh, it'll be nuts. And I hope it happens. Um, It's a lot of fun. If y'all don't listen uh, to what we're telling you. I mean, just go watch it for yourself and make a decision. You know, just try it. See what happens. You may not like all of it, and you don't have to. That's the best part about wrestling, right? There's yeah. something for everybody, and there's something for everybody on a GCW card. I promise you, it's not all death matches unless you're at the Nick Gage Invitational. Then it's blood. So, like, yeah. don't watch that show. <laughs> and who knows? You might be someone who's super into technical wrestling, and you see yeah. a double juice coast to coast blade job, and you're like, God damn it, I love this shit. Yeah, you might love it more than you think you do. (laughs) And on that note, 
Bill, I have to tell you, spending an hour with me talking GCW, I'm super grateful for you coming on today, hanging out and reviewing the show with me and sharing sharing the love for indie rest and you know, little Jersey. I'm not from Jersey, but close enough. <laughs> so sort of kind of yeah. Sort of yeah. kind of close We're enough. We're in the tri-state area. We're in the tri-state area. We're all family basically in, in the end. But um, thank you so much again for coming on and hanging out with me. You got to tell everyone where to find you and thepopbreak.com and everything else that you're up to because you do great work. I'm terrible at taking compliments, so thanks. Um, uh, so, yeah, thepopbreak.com. It's a pop culture website I've run uh, for the last decade. Uh, we are based out of, quote unquote, based out of Asbury Park, New Jersey. We talk, you know, we're doing movies, we're doing TV, music. Um, comic books, pro wrestling, anime, video games, all sorts of great stuff. Um, a lot of great writers. Uh, I'm really blessed to have people who are way Tim more talented than me <laughs> writing for me. It's so cool. Uh, really, you'll enjoy it. It's a great, like, just little break. And, yes, I did name the site after the movie Point Break. It's my favorite movie. So, And I did tell Keanu Reeves that story one time, and he said, awesome. <laughs> Top five moments of my life. Um, anyway. So for me personally on Twitter, where I'm basically just talking wrestling or retweeting stuff, I'm at Bodkin writes W R I T E S. Sometimes I write for PW Insider, usually GCW stuff. I oh, didn't ask me this time, which is fine. Um, yeah, I'm really busy. And uh, you can check out Pop Break on Instagram at the Pop Break. We're a little slow right now because there's no concerts really for us to shoot, um, and we were lined up for some really good ones this year. Um, and uh, we are at popbreak.com, all spelled out on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. Check out, um, yes, I host the Socially Distanced Podcast with my reluctant managing editor, Al Manorino. We come out every single Friday. Uh, just look up Socially Distanced Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. I also do a monthly TV podcast called TV Break. Look up Pop Break, T- Pop Break TV on those same platforms. Uh, and I get, of course I am a regular guest on the Bob culture podcast. Um, you know, shout out, big shout out to Rob because I wouldn't be on this podcast. If it wasn't for Rob <laughs> and, uh, his very genial manner. And that's means it's very nice, Rob. So when you ask me what genial means, you probably oh. too smart. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, you know, support pro wrestling, man. If you don't have independent wrestling.tv, I, I get nothing out of saying this, but get it. It's amazing. You'll it's worth your monthly so subscription. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you so much again. It was an absolute pleasure. And for all of you listening out there, enjoy the rest of your day and please continue to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm.